0: For the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest. I love the Psalms, but naturally, like, like anything, some of you love more than others. This has been a pas- passage of Scripture that I've always wanted to preach, and the uh, Lord has given me the opportunity this morning. Psalm 63 Psalm of David, when he was in the wilderness of Judah. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches because thou hast been my help. Therefore in the the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul falleth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory but the mouth, of them that speak lies shall be stopped gracious father thank you for your word how wonderful it is how precious it is how often we forsake it and our thoughts and our meditation are on vain things that will not last for these few moments here today God help us Lord to be alert, to be awake, to be focused on what you have to say to us, preserved perfectly for us today, so that we can hear and be blessed by it. Bless today the preaching of your word, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. The greatest commandment in the Bible is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and in Mark, and all your strength. Christianity, at its root, is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And our greatest prayer is that everyone, in the sound of my voice, and everyone who listens to this by way of podcast or video, has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the most important decision that each one of us can ever make. The Pharisees was said of Jesus in Matthew 15, 8, the people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Our hearts are great idol factories. There's a many idol path off the road to the celestial city. I just finished last night reading Pilgrim's Progress a dense version of Pilgrim's Progress with our, in our family devotions. And what a wonderful book. If you have not read that, I encourage you, as Pastor has, has in the past, to, to read Pilgrim's Progress. There's many a path off the path to the celestial city there's a path of, of pleasure and fun, entertainment. You stay on that path too long, and your life will be useless. There's a path to a kingdom which road is paved with the words, my kingdom come, my will be done. So I constantly must be making personal assessments concerning myself and asking my Lord, am I on my path or I'm on your path? Nothing must rival our supreme love for God in his word. No other path, no other person our love for Jesus Christ must be supreme. Psalm 63 is a great example of a man who has a passion for God. David the king. This is not the passion of the young shepherd boy. But the passion of an older man who's had some experiences. And he is having one of the most difficult experiences of his entire life in Psalm 63. He's in the wilderness of Judah. And he's fleeing his own son, Absalom. Absalom has decided that he's going to be the king. He's going to rule Jerusalem. What does David do? He flees. And he flees to this wilderness. In the midst of this wilderness, he's crying out to God and we get to see inside of his life and his soul this morning. He's Spent, he's thirsty, he's tired. He's emotionally erect. Imagine your son, your son chasing after you to destroy your life. If you've lived very long in this life, you will be betrayed. You'll be betrayed by friend. You'll be betrayed by family. It is the hardest thing maybe of life. But Jesus was betrayed. And brothers and sisters in Christ, if he was betrayed, so were you and I. David is going through a difficult time. Not just the fact that he's in the wilderness running for his life, but that it is his own son. Saul was one thing, his father-in-law. But now, his own son, whom he would die for himself. Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom. What God that I have died for thee? Absalom, my son, my son. He's fleeing. He's in a trial. Trials draw you closer to God or they cause you to flee from God. 1 Peter 1.7, the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. More precious than gold? Yeah. That's the trial. This morning I want to walk you through Psalm 63 and give you some distinguishing marks of a man who has a passion for God. Let's look back at verse 1. My God... Thou art my God. I like that. First and foremost, his God is personal. This is not just some God. This is not some random God. God says, David says about God, this is my God. This is my God. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's my shepherd. He's my God. It's personal with him. He says early will I seek thee. He's a priority in his life. My day is better when I start it with God. How about you? When I get in his word early in the morning, when I lift up my face and pray to him and worship him and thank him, my day is better because not just is it early because it's a priority because I say, I'm, I'm putting you first in my life, God. You're first. You're before all things. You are all in all. Early, earnestly. Do I want to seek you? He seeks God in his word. He seeks him in prayer. He seeks him by ministering to others, saints and sinners alike. This person is not idle. Not sitting back, waiting on, on God to, to show himself. I hope this morning, as pastor has often said, I hope you come hungering and thirsting after God. For if you do, you will get something. If you do not, you will get nothing. Are you hungry this morning? Are you thirsty? You live in a dry, parched, desert land. That land out there is desolate. (laughs) And it is getting darker and darker by the day, isn't it? Oh, how much more do we need to come to the house of God? How much more do we need to open the the word of God and say, Lord, feed me, show me yourself. I need you. I need you. Christianity is more than just coming to church on a Sunday morning. Church is more than a spiritual social club. Jesus said, Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. My concept of Christianity as a young child was just, okay, I came to church. Okay, good, I'm done, it's over. What's next? But as I'm now a Christian and grown in my Christian life, church is not just something I do, it is part of my life. It's what I look forward to. The Word of God is not just, not just something I must do. It's not just a duty. It's part of my life. I can't imagine days and weeks without it. I can't imagine life without hearing the Word of God taught and preached. I can't imagine life without the fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ who encourage me. I can't li- I can't. I can't imagine my life outside of Christ. That's why I want to do all I can while I can to tell other people about Jesus Christ. That's why over 29 folks, and I'd love to see more, yesterday out on door to door, knocking on doors in Naples Park, saying, there's something that is important. There's something that is more important than anything in the world. It's Jesus Christ. Mike and I were going down Naples Park I think we're on like 105th Street, every house had one of these little menus for the China buffet, two of them, and no, I didn't take any of them, but I thought to myself, if these folks will send somebody out here to put menus for the China restaurant, why can't I be out here telling people about something that's a whole lot more important than Chinese food? brothers and sisters in Christ we, Christ, we have a great message. And we have a great opportunity. God was personal to him. I will seek think- thee with my whole heart. I mentioned to you in the past, Jonathan Edwards, when he was just a teenager, 18, he wrote 70 resolutions, all starting with the words, I resolve. Listen, I resolve never to do anything out of revenge. I resolve never to speak evil of any except when I have some particular good call for it I resolve never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life Wow 18 years old Wow we need to make some resolves in our life don't we my God thou art my God I'm gonna make a resolve Early will I seek thee. You are a priority in my life. You, my God, who is personal to me, I'm going to seek you early. You're important to me. Is that a resolve in your life? When's the last time you had a good personal time with God? See, I'm so busy. We're all busy. We all choose what we're going to do in life, don't we? We choose it. You choose, well, you and I both choose what we're going to do in our day. When's the last time you spent quality time with God? Hosea 10, 12, sow to, yourself in, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Remember, this is a dry and thirsty land. No water can be found. And David just didn't sit there in this land and say, well, I know it's dry, and I know it's thirsty. I know it's dry, and I know it's thirsty. No, he says, I'm going to do something about it. I'm not just going to complain that, it's, that it's, my situation is bad. In fact, he doesn't even ask for more water. He doesn't even complain about it. He just says, this is the situation. Lord, because of it, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to seek you. Psalm 42, verse 1, As the heart panteth after water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and, before, and appear before God? John 7, 37, Jesus says, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. The great preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon once preached a sermon, A sip that satisfies I like a sip of hot coffee in a cool morning like today. We haven't had very many cool mornings. I like a sip of hot apple cider in a morning like this morning. I like to sip it because if I drink it, I'll burn myself, and I've done that a few times. But brother, when's the last time you sipped on God's mercy and you thought about how merciful God's been to you? When's the last time you sipped on God's grace? When's the last time you thought about how gracious God has been for you? When's the last time you sipped on God's love? Oh, so many times we're looking at, man, that person's doing that and that person's doing that. Get our eyes off of this and get our eyes on Him. Oh, Lord how wonderful you are, how good you are, how merciful you are, how great you are, how loving you are, how kind you are. Oh, how our problems in life flee when our focus changes from me and you to God. Oh, that we would sip. Sip. On the attributes of God. But not only, number one, is do we see God being personal. Number two, we see that we see his purpose. Look at verse 2. To see thy power and thy glory. So I've seen and seen thee in the sanctuary. What's his purpose? His purpose is to, is to see his power and glory. There's been so many times sitting right there. As the word of God God has has been preached primarily by our pastor, but by many others, I've seen God's power and I've seen his glory. There's times where I just want to get up and shout. Sometimes I just want to, I I, I laugh, and sometimes I just want to cry. Sometimes I want to do both. I see his power, I see his majesty, I see his glory. I say, wow, God, you're so good. You're so great, you're so wonderful. I I can't imagine it. And I can't wait to the time where I'm not limited by this flesh to worship God. Can't you wait to that day when you enter into the courts of praise and you get to bow down to the feet of our King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and we just get to praise Him for a few billion years. Oh, what a good day that will be when Jesus we shall see. Oh, Think back to times in this place or other places in your life when you heard God's voice. That still, small voice telling you, nudging you, encouraging you, you need to do this. You need to change here. Aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit of God's ministry in your life? Speaking to you, encouraging you, helping you, prodding you Guiding you, directing you. Lord, I need you more. Show me more of thyself, thy power and thy glory. Speak to me today. Speak to me today. Show me thy way, Lord. Show me thy way. But not only his purpose. Thirdly, we see his praise. I love this verse, verse 3. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. Wow. Wow. My lips shall praise thee. His loving kindness is better than life. Think about your life and all the things that are in your life. And David says in this time of trial when he's running from his own son, Father, your loving kindness is better than everything in this life. Because think about it, folks. The only thing that you and I really, really, really have is God. Everything else can be gone today, in a moment, in a second. can be gone. All I know that I have in this world, in this life is God. And God loves me. Wow! All I have is really God. And God loves me. I love what Brother McMurtry said, I think it was Tuesday night when we talked about Job. He asked the question, do we love God for what he does for us or do we love God for who God is? So often we treat God like Santa Claus. I, I want on my list this, 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 this. Please. Oh, you didn't give it? I don't like you. You're, you're not a good God. You're ba- you're bad God. You're bad. You're bad. No, I don't want to love God for what He's given me or because of what He's not given me. I want to love God for who He is. And the more you grow in your relationship with Him, the the greater you see He is. All other relationships, you look around and say, there's flaws, there's failures. And we look at ourselves and we see there's flaws and there's failures. Just look in the mirror, just ask your spouse. There's flaws, there's failures, there's problems, there's pain. But when I go to God, he's perfect. His loving kindness is perfect. His love for me never fails. It never wavers. It never tires. It never quits. It never never gives up. He's constant. His love for us is constant. Who else is like that? No one, no one, because thy love and kindness is better in life, my lips shall praise thee. Wow. When's the last time, not only do you spend personal time with him, when's the last time you really praise God? I mean, really. Again, we're very good about our prayer requests, aren't we? We're not too good about praising God not too good about just sitting alone and saying, I'm not going to ask God for one thing today. I'm just going to simply spend time praising his name. Folks, you know what? It should just come out of the flow of your heart. Just look around at what you have. None of us us are going to go without food today. Everybody in this room has a place to, to stay today. We all have money in the bank today. Things are well for us today. But even if things aren't well for me, even if I'm I'm fleeing my enemies in the wilderness, I can still say, God, you love me. And because you love me, I will praise you. Think about Paul and Silas in the jail. Prisoners. That old Philippian jailer. I'm sure they heard some... I'm sure that Philippian jailer had heard some woes and some whining before, but I bet you he never heard, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Or every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. He never heard nothing like that before. He said, what's this? They're not all saying it's not my fault. They're all here out here complaining because the food's not good or the atmosphere's not good or my conditions aren't very great. No, they're in here praising God. Because they're different, they were different. They were salt and light in a dark place. The Philippian jailer said, whoa, something's different here. I need to go and investigate. And he was saved in his house. Let's change that to today's situation. When you're at work, what do you talk about? Is it Amazing Grace or is it ACDC? <laughs> is it Jesus, Jesus, or is it uh, something else? See, folks, if we're salt and light, this old dark world's going to be attracted to that. They're going to say, wow, something's different here. That ain't this normal old... Song and dance I hear from everybody else. When trouble comes in their life, it's just woe is me, woe is me. like some ordinary country song. Their life is different. Even though they're going through problems and pain and suffering, they're still praising God. As a high school student, I met a young man by the name of Tim whose life was different. So many other Christians, when they, when they went through trouble or problems at home, they just lived it up. But Tim was different. He was salt and light. And brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be salt and light wherever we're at. I believe America would be different if Christians, we chose to be different. We chose to be different. The problem's not with Washington. The problem's us. We are the problem. We have chosen not to do what we should do. That's why the United States of America is in the shape it's in today, because of us. Because our lips have been silent, and instead of of praise, we walk around pouting about how bad life is, and how poor things are, and how this is bad, and that is bad, and that is sad, and this is sad. No, quit our pouting. Let's start praising. We'll start lifting up our hands saying, Lord, thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your kindness and your favor towards us. And folks will look around and say, there's something different about that guy. They may not even understand it. They may think you're crazy. but It's a good kind of crazy. His praise, Psalm 63, verse 4, Thus I will bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. We've seen that God to David is personal. We've seen his purpose. We've seen thoroughly his praise. But number four, his pleasure. Verse five, my soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness. I like that. This the Jew is a picture of a great meal, a banquet which completely satisfied them physically. You know, after a good meal, I mean, you're just satisfied. You can't eat one more bite. Not even the Haagen-Dazs, not even the cheesecake, no. You want to, but you know you just, you'll, you'll die if you do it. And you're just, you just, you just satisfied. I've been there too many times in life. You're just satisfied. But you know what, about three hours later, for a man, I gotta eat again. <laughs> I gotta, I'm reaching for something else. <laughs> I'm grabbing something else. My wife picked a wonderful meal, steak for me last night. Well, after a while, I was looking for the pork skins. where are they at? I gotta have something else. But in God, there's nowhere else to go. I'm satisfied in him alone. There is no other place. There is no other person in him. I am fully satisfied. you get your pleasure in God? Jesus said, John 6, 35, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Wow, how great God is. Oh, so are you looking around saying, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. Have you tried, Jesus? I can recommend to you many a good restaurant, But there's no greater source for spiritual food than Jesus Christ. He is the the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me, he said. Stick with him. My pleasure's in him. And I believe you will never be truly satisfied in the rest of your life until you're satisfied in Christ. You will never be satisfied as a wife. As a husband, as a worker, as a boss, as a father, as a mother. You'll never be satisfied in all the responsibilities and duties and job that you have until you're satisfied in Christ. You'll always be looking and searching. What about here? What about there? What about here? What about there? No, quit looking. It's up. Look up. Look up. Look and live. My brother, live. Look to Jesus now and live. Be satisfied in him satisfied in Christ and then number five his preoccupation verse six when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches I think of that song that old 6th century Irish tune be thou my vision O Lord of my heart not else not be all else to me save that thou art thou my best thought by day or by night Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light. Colossians 3:2 Set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Verse 7 Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Who has helped you like God? God, you've been my preoccupation. I think about you. I dwell on you. You wake up in the middle of the night and you think about God, how good you are. How wonderful are you are. How great you are. How much I need you. I mentioned in bus meeting this morning, there was a man I met on Thursday night on visitation that fell 20 steps in a Florida football game was a master electrician now he can't even change a light bulb he said my life is different and I told told him you have a choice now in your life to focus on your pain and your problems and the difficulties you go through and you will go through the lawyers the hospital calls all that that involves or you can use your pain to the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ To help other people. Allow God to comfort you. So that you in turn can comfort other people. Let God be your preoccupation. Not your pain or your problems. May he be our preoccupation. And finally. His perseverance. Verse 8. My soul falleth hard after thee. My right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion of the foxes. Nothing is going to shake him because his heart is fixed on God. Nothing is going to shake him. If others flee, if others fail, his son has failed him. But his heart now is still fixed on God. He said, I'm I'm sticking with God even through this trial, even through this problem, even through this difficulty. I'm staying. My heart is fixed on you, God. I'm staying with you. I'm sticking with you. So many people in the midst of trials and difficulties get to a point where they say, there's no point. There's no use. Why even try? And then, again, our tendency is to look at others and say, they failed, they failed, they failed, they failed. Instead of looking up, they look out. David, in the midst of this situation, in the wilderness says, no, I'm not looking around, I'm looking up, and I'm going to see God. I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to stay with him. Aren't you so glad our lovely Lord Jesus did the same? I read again his crucifixion. The Bible says in Mark 15, 16, the soldiers led him away into the hall, called the praetorium, and they called together the whole band. They clothed him with purple and plated a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And began to salute him, hail king of the Jews. They smote him on the head with a reed. It spit upon him and bowing their knees worshipped him. When they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him. And put his clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. I'm so glad our lovely Lord Jesus did not quit. He went all the way for me and for you. He was scourged, he was beaten, he was crucified so that you and I can have everlasting life. And he did it knowing us. Knowing our frailties, knowing our disloyalty, knowing our sin, he still loves us. What a great God we serve. And in verse 11, his prospect, but the king shall rejoice and everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. David changes his perspective now and speaks in third person. David is still the king, fleeing, yes, but still the king. And he knows in the heart of his heart, his enemies, they will be stopped. His enemies, they will be destroyed. The lies will stop. And oh, what a great day it will be when all the lies and liars will be stopped. We are going to a land where there are no more lies. We are going to a land where there is no more pain. We are going to a land where there is no more darkness. I am on the the path to the land of the celestial city. Brother and sister in Christ, if you know Jesus, you are too. And I'm looking for that day. I'm longing for that day. And by the grace of God, I want to take as many people as I can with me. To the promised land. How about you? How about you? God wins. And all who love God with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength, they win as well. Let me ask you a question. How's your heart this morning? You, like David, may be in the wilderness. You may be going through a trial. The wilderness wanderings. Dry. Dry desert. Doesn't look like there's going to be any hope for you. Where's your heart? Is your heart and your eyes focused on your problems, on the pain that you're going through? Or have you chosen as David has chosen, instead of to look inward, or look around, to look up? Where is your focus this morning? How's your heart there's been times, as I've sitting right there in that chair, that my heart's been cold. My heart's been cold. And by the grace of God, hearing the word of God, I've been stirred. I've been stirred, and God says to me, Marty, your heart is cold. And by the grace of God, he comes to me again and again as a faithful friend. And he says, I love you. Do you love me? And I get to go back to God and say, yes, God, I love you. I love you. But I want to love you more. I want to love you more. Maybe the day your eyes, your heart is cold. Your spirit is sad. Maybe the day you say, Lord, I need need God. I need God more in my life. I think about that old song that I've sang as a youth. You've longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase and have earnestly, fervently prayed. But you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until all on the altar is laid. This morning, is there anything between you and the Lord? A person? A thing? A hobby? A habit? A trial? And to be honest, you know You don't love God like you ought right now. Father, speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, do what I cannot do. Speak to the hearts of people. Thank you that your word says that you are in our midst. Do your work for our good and your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and a subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.